Welcome to the Relationship as Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Lee, outdoor adventure enthusiast, dog mom to Luna, world traveler, longtime meditator, espresso lover, and a trained somatic psychotherapist, trauma specialist, and certified coach. Talking about trauma doesn't have to be so daunting. From a connected place, we can navigate anything together. Looking forward to exploring with you today. Here we go. Hi, everyone. I am so looking forward to sharing this conversation with you. It's a conversation that I got to have with my friend and colleague, Will Reeson, who has been on the podcast before. This episode is a little bit different than others in the sense that I'm being interviewed. We dive into our conversations and views around why we all need support as helping professionals whether we're coaches, therapists, healers, helpers, you name it. We got to share together about the importance of leaning into support and really wanted to share this with you because it really evolved into a really connected, heartfelt, and meaningful conversation. So I hope you enjoy. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah, so I'm really interested in hearing, I want to kind of start our conversation by hearing a little bit about the program that you've created. Um, and then from there, kind of let that, let the conversation meander into a, a deeper discussion about why this matters so much to both of us. Because I think it's it near and dear to my heart, which is why, you know, I'm saying, yeah, let's talk about this publicly. And I know it's near and dear to your heart. You've created, you've dedicated your life to it. So tell me about the program body of work, which I, by the way, I love that name. Thank you. I loved it so much at first. And then I've been starting to second guess it. I'm like, Oh, I wonder if people actually know what that means. So <laughs> it used to be called originally five or six years ago, coaching with confidence. And then it was embodied coaching experience. Mm -hmm. And then so many therapists and healers mentors joined us that I wanted to feel like everyone was included. So I called it body of work because my background is in somatic psychotherapy, somatic trauma healing. And uh, I wanted people to feel like they could lean into a space as professionals, coaches, therapists, healers, mm -hmm. where they were supported to be in their felt sense coming into their regulation at home and their bodies so that they feel at home in their work and that their clients and their students can be supported in that kind of space. I mean, and we need it more than anybody else. I'd say not that there's a hierarchy. It's that when we're helping others, having a space where we can go to get the support that we need to refine our work, to process our work, to, you know, to be supported is essential. I think for us and our growth as practitioners of all kinds. Absolutely. I mean, I am the first person to get on my soapbox, maybe a little too much about being ethical, being an in integrity, not causing harm, being trauma informed. Mm -hmm. 
And there's no way we could do that alone. Like we have to be in community to be supporting each other, to be creating the safe enough spaces that we want with ourselves, our clients and the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And the fastest and best way I know to do that is through the practice of embodiment and through community. Yeah. Well, I really agree with that. I think there's a a need for us, biologically speaking, to have that connection and that safety and community. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, tell me more about like what do you what are you doing with with folks in the in the program? What are they going to get out of this? Yeah. So it's ten months, and the cool thing is people keep coming back, and so it's a really beautiful group of people around the world. Each group, there's two. They're small, only fifteen people. And we meet for the first three weeks of each month for an hour and 45 minutes. And the structure is pretty much the same every time. It's I'm very reliable in that way. <laughs> um, we do some kind of embodiment practice where we really arrive, get grounded and set our intentions together for how we'd love to be in the space together. And then we move into some kind of community practice, relational practice, relational mindfulness, or discussion or teaching on somatics, trauma, how we work with clients, what comes up in us, what comes up with clients, things to be aware of. And then we spend the bulk of the time with individual consultation and supervision. I really should have called it mentorship because I I think consultation and supervision feels kind of like dry and clinical. (laughs) Uh, and I didn't realize until like yesterday, oh, I guess I am in my forties now. I guess I have been doing this work for over 17 years. I think I could call it mentorship at this point. And so it's like live coaching, but it's not advice. What it is, is we actually ground into whatever's present together with your clients or what's up in your business. Mm. And I help you, whoever I'm working with in that moment, tap into your own wisdom around what's really going on or what you might need to be moving forward or what could be more clear. And so it's not where I'm just talking, 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 and everyone's listening. We're in this collaboration together again and again, so that you can really trust yourself to go, Oh yeah, I I know the signals of my body and what this means and what that might mean and how to follow those impulses instead of just working from here, which can be so draining. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds it crazy. is. So, so what I'm hearing you say really is that there's like a refinement to, uh, you know, our, our skills as practitioners by having this place to return to again and again. Mm-hmm. And in addition to the refinement, there's probably so much that we get to learn by watching other practitioners do their work be supported, talk about how they're thinking about what they're doing. Some of the most valuable um, components, aside from learning the theory and trauma, uh, I mean, in, uh, somatic experiencing was the consultation work that I did, where I got to hear how we applied these concepts to so many different disciplines. And with a group, like what you're talking about, there's so many disciplines there together. And getting to hear how everybody else thinks about stuff help just helps us grow. And then getting to see other people work is again, it helps us to grow. Absolutely. And 
One of the most powerful things and moments I witness regularly is when someone brings something, you know, you know, as practitioners, it can be so vulnerable to be like, I'm actually, I don't know how to do this or what just happened there? Or, Ooh, I think I did that wrong. Or, Oh, like I'm shining really bright. And I I don't even know how to let myself be this big or this scene. And I'll say, has anybody else felt that way before or is feeling that now? almost every time every hand goes up and just the somatic experience of what happens when we share something so deeply vulnerable and know that we're not alone. Like it's so simple, but it's so big. It is. It really is. Um, There are people with me here in this and there are people that get me Mm -hmm. and that sense of belonging is there and that sense of resonance is there. Yeah. 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 Well, so then therapists, coaches, healers, all sorts of people, huh? Yes. The prerequisite is that people need to come in with some kind of training behind them. I'm Mm -hmm. not starting from scratch with people. It's called body of work because we're integrating what we already know. We're deepening what we know so that we can really bring what's valuable and what matters forward. So many of us are addicted to training after training and needing more letters after our name. And until we can really give ourselves permission to come home to ourselves and sit in our seat and offer such incredible gifts that every single one of us has. Mm -hmm. And so it's not an additional training of, of a modality, but the amazing thing is so many different modalities are here and It's not just me um, holding whoever's sharing. We're all bringing our wisdom forward together in the chat, out loud. And uh, with the combination of such experience, so many tools, so many ideas, Mm -hmm. it's really rich to get to be in that space. Mm -hmm. And because I was a training junkie for so many years, (laughs) um, I think it's really fun for me because I know pretty much everything everyone's bringing in terms of which modality they're working in. Mm -hmm. And so I get to really be creative around how we might explore Mm -hmm. what's up within each person's modality or training. You know what I love about that is that it's, there's an exploration. I love the name because there's an exploration of the individual's body of work, their own. Mm -hmm. And your body of work is so vast at this point in your career that it is encompassing of that. And so in a way it translates beautifully in those two very different, but very, you know, overlapping ways. Yeah. It's all about about body, you know, how we are Mm -hmm. here with all that we're carrying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about some of the, your background. You and I have talked a couple of times, but um, you know, I don't know that I've, you've interviewed me, but I don't know <laughs> that I've ever had the pleasure of going on that little discovery of, of your history as a practitioner. Wow. Well, I think we have a lot in common. I actually, I know that, but my path way back when started with Buddhist meditation and mm. just was an avid practitioner from my early twenties trying to figure out the nature of suffering and figure out how to feel just a little bit better. I was, I personally was struggling with complex and developmental PSD that I had no idea I was dealing with and sitting in those long silent retreats 
And what I learned was that freedom is totally possible. And I wanted to learn more. I actually wanted to teach everything I was learning immediately. (laughs) And my teachers were like, sorry, you're like 26 years old. (laughs) You got a long ways to go. And they could tell I still had a lot of healing to do. And they were all therapists. And so I first went to a coaching training because it was like right there in front of me. And I just wanted to say yes to everything that was coming my way. And after I took that, I, I realized I really wanted to learn more about the relationship between uh, the client and the practitioner. The tools were great. I loved them so much. They were so much fun. It was really helpful, but in my own healing, the relationship and the attachment dynamics have always been so fundamental to how I felt safe enough to show up and do the healing work. Mm -hmm. So I focused on that in graduate school for somatic psychotherapy and then went crazy with trauma training. (laughs) I started understanding part of why I felt so bad was Mm -hmm. trauma. And I am so grateful. I just entered through the lens of somatics Mm -hmm. and have just been there steady ever since of we have to include the body in the process of healing and have since, you know, done somatic experiencing retreats and workshops certified in sensory motor EMDR, which I don't use anymore. Um, But my favorite is the somatic regulation and resilience and transforming experience brain trauma work that is so gentle and so deeply healing and nourishing that it just for my own healing felt like it brought it all together. Yeah. Yeah. That relationship piece that's underlying Steve and Kathy's work. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that the relational attachment piece is just uh wow you know it's really all i can say about that work because yeah. there are so many really great theories that help to give us pieces of context but they're still separate from each other and there there's a relationship that 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 has to form between us and our clients or us and our therapist or us and our coach or us and our teacher or us and our friends or us and our parents and us and other, right? That's present everywhere we are as humans. And so when we leave that out of the equation as a helper, we're missing the opportunity to really work with the underlying essence of what it is to be alive, I think. I mean, I'm so glad you asked that because, and just said what you said, because that's really what I hope like on the best day, the body of work provides is we can have a million tools and incredible training with those tools. But if we don't understand our impact and our power and how incredible the nuances in the relationship are in the role of healing, we're missing everything yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because when we're here and we're regulated and we're open to that connection and everything that happens in it, which mm-hmm. can include a lot of stuff that's hard to feel mm-hmm. um, everything changes and our work is so much easier. And I was so tired in my own work of doing everything, making everything hard. <laughs> and the reality is when we're aware of this, everything gets easier. It really does. Um, you know, it's, 
efforts isn't what's necessarily required for us to support each other. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a, a thing that I like to say in the in my own training, you know, the trauma inspection, where which is I'm here with you is very different than you're gonna be okay. Right? It's completely different. You're sad, you're in pain, you're you're angry, you're distraught. I'm here with you in it is totally different than it's gonna be okay. You're, you're gonna be fine. Yuck. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Because it's it's that validation of of there's someone else. I'm not alone. Someone's with me. And yeah. that that is the fundamental essence, I think, of us as humans, though. You know, it's like I need other. I have to have other to survive. It's impossible for me to survive without other. And so and few of us got that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here with you. It also, when we're really genuinely here, when we have that capacity to be here in the moment, regulated, in touch with our own bodies, supporting our nervous systems, we're genuinely here, not just saying I'm here with you. That's an important distinction. Yeah. Something very magical happens. You don't even have to say I'm here with you. You can, Yeah. but you have to do so little when you have that capacity to show up like that. And, and there's, I think an important caveat. I'm so glad you said that because the words aren't what matter. It's what the words are conveying about our state. And that state is something that happens when we're with ourselves and we have the ability or the capacity to be with ourselves. So like, I cannot really be with you and have those words translate to I'm here with you unless I'm first have learned how to be with me and be with me in the discomfort that I feel or don't feel the emotion. That's very real. That moves in and out of me. And as, as a, as a human being. Mm -hmm. And if I can't be with that, then there's, I can say the words all day long, but you're going to feel the absence of me in the moment because I'm not going to be with myself. Well, and if we're really honest, when we're in that role of therapist, coach, healer, helper, what shows up in front of us and sometimes what comes at us, it's challenging. It's, it brings up all our stuff. And if we're not aware of our own stuff and we can't hold that with care, Mm -hmm. our clients will feel it unconsciously or consciously. Yeah. And, and that there's a rupture that happens. We miss them mm-hmm. and they miss us, you know? Yeah. And it's like to be able to have a client just so angry or so disappointed by something we might think is a tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. And to be able to sit with ourselves and be like, I really want to be a good practitioner. I really want to be experienced as helpful. I, mm-hmm. I have this insight. I'd love to get, you know, and just to soothe yeah. those parts of ourselves that come up. It's not like we're just this equanimous, unconditionally loving, steady, graceful, always saying the right thing. The reality is yeah. the more we're able to soothe ourselves, the messier we can be. <laughs> That's <laughs> a more- really important thing. I mean, I, like, I, I'm sorry for interrupting, but like yeah. the more we know how to be with ourselves, we can soothe ourselves, the more messy we can be. Because it's like, I can trust myself to be in the messiness now. I know that I know how to repair that. I know how to reconnect when something happens. 
I can trust it, right? But when that's not there, it just feels awful. <laughs> or could. It's it's such a load to carry. It is. You know, and our nervous system can it can register that as a threat, right? I might be perceived as insecure, unhelpful, mm-hmm. harmful, whatever it is. And then we're carrying that. And then we're actually dimming our own light for fear that we could be doing something wrong. <laughs> we go into that perfectionist place or mm-hmm. any number of places. And so that space to be able to be human and messy and not always have the right intervention and the right this and the right that. Huh. So much more energy is available. There's like aliveness and vitality and a personality that can come through. Yeah. Well, and what a gift it is for practitioners to have a place to go where they can. It's like being able to go and practice and rehearse before going out and playing a show. Mm-hmm. It's like having room to have long dress rehearsals before the, before performing on a stage. Mm-hmm. And to have all that the time for rehearsal and practice before you even get to the dress rehearsal. You know, to learn how to drive without being at risk of wrecking the vehicle. Or to be able to make mistakes and wreck it without hurting ourselves. Like riding our bike and being able to fall off, but having padding with us. I'm just creating analogies now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm just nodding my head. (laughs) But it is, I mean, I think it, it, it is to have a place where we can go, where we can practice and be playful about it that kind of takes away some of the the tightening or the constriction that we might have around getting it wrong. And yeah. I know for a lot of people, for a lot of practitioners, for a lot of coaches, for a lot of therapists, for a lot of healers, there is a fear. Oh no, what if I get it wrong? What if I fuck up? What if I hurt somebody? Right. Yeah. And what do I do? How do I, I don't want to take any risks. I don't want to try something new. Uh, but to have a place where we can do that, then we can be more adventurous. And it kind of gets rid of a little bit of the the constriction, but the intensity around the the possibility of getting it wrong. It's like, oh, I can get it wrong? Really? Yeah. In our culture, we've, we're not supposed to get it wrong. We're supposed to get it right the first time. <laughs> don't, don't you get it wrong? <laughs> or the opposite. Like, what if I'm getting this really right? But I have something in the way of letting myself show the world that what I have to offer is so valuable and so transformative and so supportive and nourishing. But there's something in me that like whatever cultural conditioning, familial conditioning is just like, don't say it. Don't put it out there. Don't get too big. Don't shine too bright. Yeah, Um, That's not safe either. And so to have a space where you really get to show up on any end or in the middle of that spectrum mm-hmm. is to me, I created what I needed most, right? <laughs> Personally. It seems like we we do that as as people, don't we? We go and investigate the thing that really fulfills or helps us to fulfill a need in some way, shape, or form. And that turns into something, a gift that we get to give the world. Yeah. The thing that I think was hardest for me when I was receiving supervision 
I I mean, 3000 hours worth of clients under supervision by law, you know, and still I get consultation every couple weeks. Um, I was real. I, I, I'm telling, I was, I'm telling my story that myself, the story that I was really righteous. I was just really scared, but to be seen in a group of peers and colleagues and experts as having any doubt whatsoever that what I was doing or what was happening with a client or in my business, uh, it felt like it would shatter me. I would show up for so long as I'm the best person in this group. I don't have anything here to receive from y'all. In fact, I don't even need to pay for this after I'm out, you know? <laughs> and the reality was I needed to be held. And I finally found the group mm-hmm. where I could be that. <laughs> and I was, you know, I got softened up. I was loved yeah. enough. I was held enough to be able to be like, well, actually I do have this client with a severe eating disorder and I'm kind of scared that I'm not doing it right. And how could I know? Because we need a group to bring all of the wisdom for these things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want to call out all the people that go to that end who are like, whatever, I make multiple six or seven figures as a coach this year. And clearly I'm doing a really good job because I make however much money and I'm the best. It's like, I don't care where you are from. I'm not good enough to I'm the best. Mm-hmm. We actually need support and nourishment because now we cannot do this alone. We yeah. will find things every day and meet something in another person that there is no rule book for or map for. Mm-hmm. And the best way I know to hold it and be curious about it is where we bring a collective of wisdom together and a collective of bodies together. to listen to what really wants to happen. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And whichever end of the spectrum and there's a whole gradient in between, um, we still need support. If we're focused on being the best, even the best have support. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think the reflection I get most from the participants is I have never felt more safe in a group. Mm. I have never felt more like I can just be myself. Mm. And I say that just with the deepest heart, like that I could possibly have created something that holds the intention of what I wanted to create and that people really feel that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even want to use it as an advertising point because it's so sacred mm-hmm. yeah. to me that people get to feel that. Yeah. And to have it not be something that, like, have it be the wonderful, happy byproduct of the container that you've created. Yeah. yeah. And that we've created together. The co-creation of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I could not do it alone. <laughs> no. no. And you do set up the, you know, the context for it to begin to emerge mm-hmm. as the leader of that, which says a lot about the work that you've done for yourself and your skill as a facilitator. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, this has been fun. You and I could just keep talking for for hours. <laughs> but let's see, what else did I want to know? Well, there was something that you mentioned to me, and you've been doing this for a while now. I mean, this this it may have had different names, but the thing that you're doing, the support for supporters is a thing that you've been doing for many, many years now, even though it's had different names. And we were talking about the cost because I was asking you, well, how much does it cost? And um, you've shifted the model a little bit. And that's some things are a little bit different in in this process. But I wanted to hear more about the cost of this. And, you know, I just wanted to say to anybody that's, li that's listening, that's enjoying this conversation, that's considering potentially joining you, that this is a huge discount that you're giving people. I mean, it's quite quite a deal for the level of mastery that you have in your craft and the dedication and commitment to your work and to your body of work over the years of your life. This is all, this is what you do. This is what you live and you breathe this mm -hmm. and, and, and being out with nature. <laughs> this and snowboarding, <laughs> right? This and snowboarding, right. And during the summer, summer, summer outdoor sports, but yeah. I mean, like it is your, it's a part of your essence at this point. And I, and when you shared the cost, I was just like, Holy cow, that's cheap. I mean, it's, it's, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm just laughing because, I mean, cheap is so relative, right? <laughs> Every single person deserves to have ongoing support. Yeah. Every single person. And with anything I ever offer, I'm always open to the conversation. But for this one, I'm like scratching my head because there is a strong part of me that believes if I had put a zero on the end of $3.97 a month, Mm -hmm. that it would be, it would have been full a month ago <laughs> yeah. because I mean, you, I could call it a mastermind. I have some aversion to calling it a mastermind for whatever reason. It really is just a deep hearted mentorship that will yeah. provide a lifelong change in not only business, not only work with clients, but like relationships at home and beyond. Mm -hmm. And the sacredness and the depth of this experience, I truly, truly believe that if it was thousands of dollars more a month, it would be full because people would be like, oh, it must be really, really valuable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I I have I come from a therapist background, right? I am a coach and a therapist. And um it's it just kind of sits there with me. Like I paid $60 a week for my supervision. <laughs> back mm -hmm. in the day, whatever decade ago. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to be able to come and yeah. join no matter what. Well, and I love that, you know, it's um, cheap, not in that it's not valuable, but accessible. Yeah. Right. I mean, that accessibility is something that I think about a lot with the training that I, that I run. And like, how can I make it more accessible to people? What can we do to, to make it available to more people? Because ultimately, I think we all need support. And yeah. I think we all need to have access to these tools, to this understanding. Um, and so I think it's a huge gift that you're giving you know, this cohort to have that kind of accessibility. But it is really interesting how psychologically some people just make assumptions that, oh, if it costs more, it must be worth more. Totally. Yeah. 
I had a question for you. Mm. Um, I thought it'd be fun to discuss because I've been thinking I've been ruffling feathers lately. (laughs) And I, I've been thinking a lot about, I've actually been watching a lot of snowboarding tutorials Mm. at night. (laughs) And um, one of the videos was like 90% of snowboarders on the mountain uh, suck at snowboarding. (laughs) And 10% are actually really um, skilled. Yeah. you know me, I want to be in that 10%. <laughs> and <laughs> I was thinking about it in terms of the wellness and health industry mm-hmm. and coaches and therapists. Mm-hmm. And part of my practice this year is actually trying to ruffle some more feathers. Mm-hmm. And I was curious what your thoughts on that, because I actually really think a huge percentage of people are not that skilled yeah. and they're getting, they're just trying to get a paycheck or make money. Uh, or... I, I contemplate this a lot. I'm not sure what it is that leads to this, but it is a thing that I notice. I, because of my values around my craft and because of um, how I live my life, what I believe integrity is and what I believe it is to be a, to call myself a practitioner of, of, of what I do I have really high standards for myself for those things. And to me, that means going really deep and narrow on, on the different things that I'm learning and immersing myself in them and practicing them and getting mentorship with them. And that for me is what it means to be a practitioner in the craft that I'm working in, in the field that I'm working in. And it's very different for others. And when I go in search of working with somebody, When I think, okay, I'd like to work with X kind of practitioner. Let me go find someone. Oh, this website looks great. Oh, they've got all these trainings. They've done all these things. This is going to be wonderful. And I get into a conversation with them. And what I realize is that there's a gap between the training that they've done and the the learning or the embodied learning that's taken place inside of them. And I don't, I wonder, I often speculate about what might, what that might be about for them, but I do notice this. And I think the, you know, 80, 20, 90, 10 principle probably applies to most disciplines across the planet. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a small percentage of people that go really deep and become highly skilled in these things. And then there's a large percentage of people who just, just kind of get by. Yeah. And then burnout and burnout you know, yeah. because they're not being nourished mm-hmm. by the depth you're talking about. A lot of people go horizontal and try to just, yeah. excuse me, <laughs> gather a lot. Yep. And there's something really nourishing when we can actually just sit yeah. in the depth of what we have been practicing. Well, you know what, what it might be Shelby is that some people choose careers that they don't really want to choose. Because they think they need to, or some other reason, maybe there's some sort of cultural piece around it or familial piece around it. Um, And as a result, don't go deep. Yeah. Also, I think especially in the coaching industry and the healing arts industry, it is so compelling right now Mm. to go pay 10 grand for that new marketing training or like that business coach or all those things when getting our nervous systems regulated and 
actually leaning into self-trust and knowing the value of our work with every bone in our body gives us so much more than that training because we're writing our new copy from a a place where we're not quite in there yet. Well, I would agree. You know, one of the wonderful byproducts of this kind of support and this kind of work is that it's a lot easier in the process of enrollment with new clients or consultations, depending on our field. Um, And when I say easier, we feel different in it. And that translates to making money in a different way, a way that is a bit more sustainable for us as practitioners and as humans, bodied humans, you know, and that translates to the financial and the, you know, the social benefits that we're looking for when we go and we try to hire that Instagram coach or that, you know, that marketing expert or guru that knows all the right trigger words to trigger our fear of not making enough and of the economic collapse that's looming over our head or something like that, right? Yeah. And yet turning towards deepening in what we're doing has the benefit of balancing things in a really special way. Whereas chasing after that thing that's fear-driven doesn't doesn't have quite the same doesn't have quite the same impact on us i can even hear it in your voice when you're saying it your whole body just kind of like oh leaned into the desk you're leaning on or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah there was a softening it's a wonderful reflection because so it goes to show just how i'm embodying myself in a different way in even the idea and how the idea rests in me. Mm. Yeah. Studying marketing for the past eight years, I guess it's been now, I've learned a lot. And most of what I've learned is what I don't want to do and what I don't like about marketing. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. And there are a lot of tactics and and things that are used to make money because they work to make money, mm. but why they work is a different, you know, it's, it's a thing that most people aren't analyzing. Well, why does this work? Well, people are getting scared into buying the thing. I don't want to buy like that. I mean, I don't want to sell my stuff like that. I feel like we could do an entire podcast on the energetics of nervous system regulation and marketing. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And sales and enrollment and how we might do that in a way that really takes into consideration the realness of the human being that's sitting across from us or in front of us, right. Or the human being on the other end of, you know, purchasing that product and why they're purchasing the product. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like ethical sales. Coming back to integrity. That's oh, right. <laughs> um, I know we have to end. I was curious. You work with people one on one. Is it around business stuff or is it around something else? It uh, encompasses pretty much all of it. So we can do business stuff. We can do marketing things together. I, I mean, I don't consider myself a marketer, but I, I do recognize good marketing and things like that. I've helped people to to build businesses or to structure offers. I helped a client build a consultancy that went global um, and did some really cool things. Um, And I say helped her build it, but we worked on the interpersonal things that needed to be worked on so that she could do the building herself. 
that was necessary. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I, I work with people around trauma, but it, it's, it's interesting, right? Because trauma, it's just the word we use to describe the things that get in the way of us really embodying our, ourselves or being fully alive, being fully here. And so in some way or another, no matter what we're doing, we're coming into contact with the tendrils of that. And so I am so grateful for my choice to pursue the learning that I did because it set me up to, to help people when they're crafting their life, when they want to get that extra two to 5% of growth, when they've hit most of their milestones, but they're like, I think, I think there's, there's like another level that I want to reach. I know the body well enough now that I can. I can help them to work on those particular internal pieces, hmm. get, get them across the line in that way. Hmm. So good. Deep. I mean, like I like to go really deep and, um, and so it's deep and immersive. Mm -hmm. I've toyed with the idea of putting together a, like a mastermind of sorts, um, different than what you're doing, but in a, in a way similar where there'd be a small group with a revolving thing, but I haven't chosen to do it yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> we always talk about doing something together. Someday we, we might do, do that. <laughs> I think that will probably happen. There's enough good synergy here. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much for joining me and, and for reaching out. And listen, I'm going to drop a link for all of you watching. We'll put this up on Instagram too, so that the, those of you on Instagram can, can catch this in a replay and check out Shelby's body of work. What's the web domain? I mean, what's the website for that? It's shelby-lee.com forward slash, well, body, body hyphen of hyphen work. Okay. If you just Google body of work, Shelby Lee, you'll find it. Cool. And it's L-E-I-G-H, right? Yes. Awesome. I'll drop it into the in, into the description of this video after we're, we're done and I'm finished with my work for the day. Mm, thank so you good. so much. Yeah, so good. Thanks for, thanks for hanging out. Thanks so much for listening. If you loved the conversation today and you're a coach or therapist, you might check out Body of Work. It's my 10-month online professional development program. Land in a community of wholehearted practitioners inspired to deepen their embodied practice while supporting their clients. Join me in this worldwide revolution where we regulate our nervous systems, come home to our bodies, and be present to what arises for those we work with in a skilled and spacious way.